0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your podcast host, Sharina Williams, proud homeschooling mom of two, wife, and speech and language pathologist. Man, y'all, I'm so excited today. Guess who we got in the building? Uh Uh-huh. Mayor London Breed. And guess what, y'all? Y'all didn't even know. That's my cousin. That's my boo. But we're going to be doing some talking today, and we're going to be hanging out today. I'm going to call her Madam Mayor Cousin today. Y'all better hope I can get that all out of my mouth. And we're just gonna be talking about the arts and we're going to be talking about some of her experiences and going from there. So cousin London, cousin mayor, cousin Madam, (laughs) Tell the people who you are if they don't already know.
1: Well, hi everybody. I'm the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, and really excited to be here today. Uh, I know that this coronavirus pandemic has been very challenging, especially for families, especially for kids who don't completely understand or know what's going on. And this is an incredible uh, thing, an incredible opportunity to have uh, someone like Sharina really help guide parents through this very difficult time as someone who has experience with uh, speech uh, therapy and homeschooling her children and all of that, because not all of us have the experience or the skills necessary uh, to do this. So I'm glad to be here. Uh, I don't have uh, the need to, to work with any kids at home since I don't have any. Um, so I would say kind of lucky me a little bit, but at the same time, you know, I, whatever I can do to be helpful, I'm willing to do it
0: you the bomb and you know it. Y'all, this is my buddy right here. So if we get off topic, y'all don't get mad at us. We gonna do our best today. Yes. We gonna do our best. You made me all warm and gushy, giving me all those accolades. You better stop. You know, <laughs> you don't do that. You don't do that. So people, today, we're talking about art. And you're like, probably thinking, why do you keep saying art, 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 art? Why am I talking about art? Because, well, it's been so neglected for so long. And honestly, we have found that The kids need art. They need an outlet. They need things to do. And it's not only just like the paper and scribbles or, you know, the the Picassos on the wall. Art comes in so many different ways, forms, and fashion. And you might still be wondering, how does the mayor of San Francisco, my beautiful cousin, what does she have to do with art? Man, take it from here. What do you have to do with art?
1: Well, well, first of all, before uh, we started this podcast, I was just on an arts town hall. Um, talking mm-hmm. about the resources we provided to over 700 artists and 65 arts organizations. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes when you talk about budget cuts and, uh, and, and the economy, uh, the first thing people began uh, to start to bring up is, is, is cutting arts, oh, yes. right? All of a sudden band is cut or an art class mm-hmm. is cut. And really – the arts are so important to our growth and development. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we're a good singer or not, the fact that we have an experience of singing in a choir and learning about notes and tunes and okay. how to sing together is, is also a part of what helps us through our uh, academics around math mm-hmm. and science and, and, and literature and, and the things that really make us well-rounded. I used to be the executive director of the African American Art and Culture Complex uh, yes, yes. in San and I grew up as a kid going to the African American Art and Culture Complex. I had drama classes. Uh, See, I, I'm not the, I'm not a great actress or anything, but <laughs> she's <I>, a <alive>. lie. <laughs> I've been I've been in some productions. I used to sing in a choir. I played French <laughs> horn in the band, and and I'll tell you, even in in junior high, uh, when I played French horn the first day of class I, I didn't know what i wanted to play but i knew that being in band was a big deal
0: yes and
1: so i had behavioral issues and um, <laughs> the first day i wrote lines in class this is i don't know if kids still write lines but I what wrote, was you doing talking yeah i was talking, I was talking <laughs> so i wrote lines in class and after that i was like mr martin's the band teacher was like look you know I don't mess around in this class. This is right. business. So you want to be in here or not? I was like, all right. He said, I don't want no more problems out of you. And he didn't have any more problems out of here.
0: Was you on the straight so, and narrow? <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah. I was, I was good after that. So. <laughs> but, but, but because I wanted to be in band, like you would see the band play and the, the music coming from kids, like your age at the time, Like, Mm -hmm. it was inspiring. And so I always wanted to be a part of that. And so uh, for me, the arts just really played an important role throughout my life. But then when I became the director of an arts organization, uh, I I saw how empowering it was to children. And all of a sudden, there were kids who wouldn't even look me in the eye. And Mm -hmm. they would be on the stage. And they'd come alive like I didn't know that they had it in them to perform that way. So right. I, I just think that the arts are magic. And I think that it's not about being the best or some, you know, like Alvin Ailey dancer or, right. you know, Beyonce, it's not about that. It's about what drives you inside, what, what makes you feel good. Uh, and, and you don't have to be necessarily the best, but is this something you love and enjoy? Right. And also to learn about it and to learn about how hard it is even for some of those that folks to watch yeah, the discipline and the work that goes into uh, what some artists do. Some folks have it natural, but they also have to nurture that talent that they have. And so mm-hmm. uh, as a director of the African-American Art and Culture Complex, um, I had a really incredible experience because um, I, was the, I was the director. So I raised all the money. I managed the right. facility. I kept everything going. She um, ran a tight ship. I ran a tight ship. I didn't <laughs> know, <laughs> but, but i provided an opportunity for emerging artists so their yeah. first exhibit ever at the african-american art and culture complex their first performance ever by mm-hmm. many artists who went on to to do great things uh not just in san francisco but you know in other places in new york mm-hmm. on broadway this was their first opportunity and so it, That's it, it's, it's been it, it's an amazing experience and i think that It's not about, okay, my kid is going to be the best dancer and I want my kid to take dance. It's not about that. It's about what drives your child and and Mm -hmm. making sure that they're exposed to as much as possible, uh, whether it's the arts, whether it's sports, whether it's, um, you know, the academic world or what have you, having um, access to a well-rounded education helps them find, you know, exactly what they care about and want to do the most in life.
0: Mm-hmm. And and I want to hit on something, you know, speaking to the parents because sometimes parents don't take the art seriously. For us in our house, somebody tapped us on the shoulder when Mahana was like 3 or 4 and she started violin. She hasn't stopped. And then when Christian turned 2, he automatically started picking up a toy guitar and holding it in violin form and we were all kind of looking like, "Okay, it's time." <laughs> right? He had a broken bow, it was bad, and he was trying to go at it. And so he's been playing since he was 3, so Just watching Mahana go from like the squeaks, and I mean the squeaks, I have proof, it was rough, but what she does now, like, you can legit sit down, and she's classically trained, you can listen to her, and she's she's really on the trajectory of sounding like, hey, this might turn into something if you want it to, but just watching her have the discipline, and having to study the music as it becomes more complex, and pay attention to little details. Like all of that stuff carries over because funny enough, the same stuff that her wonderful violin teacher says to her all the time is the same stuff she hears in class. Mahana, you weren't paying attention. Mahana, you missed that detail. And so hearing that same message has really helped her over the years get a lot more detail. because She don't want to hear it. She's tired of hearing this. And so she's like, I'm going to fix it. And with our son, he's a perfectionist. So we don't have to always like get on him about stuff. Because he'll just kind of go at it. He'll get his violin on his own and you'll hear him like squeaking away. He doesn't have like all the fine motor yet, but he knows everything. And so we made fun of Mahana for a while. We'd be like, well, he's on your tail because he knows everything that you know. He just doesn't have the fine motor. Once he gets there and, and reaches you, he's going to beat you. She didn't like that. So she really started buckling down and like getting into So he's it. more like
1: Marcel and she's more like you. Jesus! <laughs>
0: She done told y'all my business. <laughs> yep. That's why I talk about her all the time. It's it's like <laughs> I talk about her all the time. It's like, oh gee, this is like watching, <laughs> this is like watching yourself all over again. It's some interesting. It's punishment. Stuff. Punishment. <laughs> gee, mani, but just the parent involvement. Now, for both of them, I don't expect them to become violinists unless they want to. Like if they want to do that with their life. Do it with your life. It's an opportunity. It's totally up to you. But what did it take for you to get parents involved at the center? Were they involved? How'd you get that buy-in?
1: Well, I think um, uh, in the neighborhood, uh, I grew up in this neighborhood. So uh, there were, I I knew a lot of the parents. And there were some parents that were really dedicated, right? Right. So, for example, there's a guy named Nitty who is an incredible choreographer, top-notch step. uh, He worked with a lot of different groups um, work, I mean, just amazing. And he started his own dance program mm-hmm. and he didn't mess around. The parents had to be involved and mm-hmm. they couldn't watch the class, but he had those parents disciplined. They would drop the right. kids off, they would wait downstairs. He, he ran a tight ship. Right. And we had other programs where, um, what we would do, for example, with our summer camps and other things, we bring the parents in for a, uh, orientation. And we expressed to them what their responsibility is. So sometimes they were responsible for doing um, some fundraising or volunteering for one of the events or the field trips, like they had to participate in some of the field trips. and 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 because we didn't we weren't charging these parents anything. In fact, in some cases, That's with teenagers. Wonderful. we were paying them. and because we we are in a community where people can't, you know they can't afford these summer camps and day camps right. and everything. And we, we did get to a point where we started charging them a little bit something because people were taking some things for granted. But we were trying to hold them accountable that because it, it was necessary for I mean, we needed help, too. So volunteering, being more active, doing more and not just dropping your kid off and picking them up, but being mm-hmm. a part of it. Um, even though there were some parents that were better with kids than others. So we, we didn't, honestly, we didn't fight it when there were certain parents who were more of the favorites who's, who stayed around the most. It was very organic. But the fact is we tried to create, you know, a healthy environment for the kids. We wanted them to have a great experience. And, uh, we also knew that there were a lot of parents who had a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. So we had to be, you know, very careful about, you know, what kind of energy we brought into
0: Mm -hmm. uh, the area.
1: uh, Or even the demands
0: placed on them.
1: Yes. Yes. So, so it was, it was a balance. We, 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 we had our bumps and bruises, but ultimately, uh, even to this day, there are parents who reach out to me and they thank me. And, and, and some of those parents, I didn't even know, even when their kids were at the center and they were like, you are wow. my son. Thank you so much for looking out for him. And he yeah. talks about you all the time. And there were Aww. a lot of those people who actually came and helped in my campaign because I helped their kids, you know? That's, and, that's beautiful. And, I mean, it was, it, it just, it was very powerful because like now those same kids are adults. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and can I tell you, those kids appreciate me and the folks at the center way more they mm-hmm. like, I wish I would have listened to what you told me, man. Like, they are like- Take advantage. Man, now, now those kids, those same kids, Right. They appreciate me on a whole nother level.
0: hmm On a whole nother
1: mm-hmm. level. And and that's what I'll say to parents. I mean, I know I'm not a parent, but um, I've had a lot of incredible kids in my life over the years. and right. and, and, and also, I've been a challenging kid when I was one, right? Right. And what I remember are the people who didn't give up on me, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think part mm-hmm. of it is sometimes parents get you know, frustrated, they get impatient, they get discouraged, and they don't right. feel appreciated. Like you all are putting your necks on the line to take care of these kids and they don't even understand it. Not but at all. I would just say that remember how we were when we were kids. We didn't understand mm-hmm. it either mm-hmm. until we got older.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and then we're
1: looking back on our lives now and we're like, man, I didn't realize it was going to be this hard.
0: You have That's- no idea until, I always call it the cheap seats, right? Yeah. As, as the person who's on the outside looking in, that kid is sitting in the cheap seats because they have no idea all of the grit and the struggle and the experiences and the challenges and the sacrifices and, you know, everything that goes into the parenting, The rearing, the obstacles that they had to overcome just to make life a little bit better. And it's so funny that you brought that up because I just wrote about that in my last blog to where kids just are not going to understand from our perspective, no matter how many ways they say it, because they don't have enough life experience. So they have no clue. So I find myself always saying to the kids, not just to my kids, but any kids around me, like, whatever opportunity you have. Buddy, take advantage of it. Make the most of it. You never know what that opportunity will buy you, because just like you said, the people who don't give up, those ones who keep pushing, those challenging kids. I was also a challenging kid.
1: Yeah, you were.
0: You love uh, but me. Let, me, let still, me just they come out But but think
1: when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. We were challenging kids, but we were given room to breathe. Yes, we were given room to breathe, we were given room to make mistakes. Everything yep. wasn't handed to us.
0: No, mm-hmm. so, no. Nope.
1: So we figure learned, it out, babies. <laughs> learned, I think I think part of the, the mistake now with parents mm-hmm. is parents are trying to do everything for their kid that they wish mm-hmm. they had, and the problem the helicopter with that stuff. is you, and then they're expecting kids to appreciate it the way that they appreciate it, but that's mm-hmm. not going to happen because it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can't completely spoil your kid. If you All want right. to prepare your kid for life to be resilient, to be strong, to, to be able to take care of themselves because you won't be around forever, then you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more strict.
0: You can't- right. let them fall. Let them fall, let them fail. Talk about, talk about the failure because I don't think that enough people talk about the failure. You let them fall, but they don't even know why they fall. So then they end up making the same mistakes again and again. Or like you said, they want to end up in these positions to where they're saving them from everything. And it's just not realistic. And then you have this adult who can't deal with everyday life because they haven't had the experience to deal with trial and error. Some things are going to go really great. Some things are going <laughs> to... I'd <laughs> be terrible. So I agree. I agree. Any closing thoughts?
1: Um, well, just, just on, on that note, just to bring it back to um, an example, um, I was mm-hmm. talking to one of my friends about her daughter who's in her early 20s mm-hmm. who does not know how to get around on public transportation but was born and raised in San Francisco.
0: Wait, She's, what? Say what
1: now? I, I said I was talking to one of my friends whose daughter. Is in her early 20s, doesn't know how to get around on public transportation, even though she was born and raised in San Francisco.
0: I'm going to interject right there. I'm going to interject right there. So when I was a kid, I grew up with her and her sisters like they were siblings. I lived across the Bay. I still live across the Bay in Oakland, but a majority of my time was with them. If I was not at home, I was with them, especially weekends. Like this is more like sister cousin situation. And, if nothing else, in Oakland, you drive. That's what you do. In yeah. San Francisco? Get on the bus. You get on the bus? <laughs> you get on the bus? Okay, of,
1: so, so but, but it had a lot to do with, you know, her, her, her husband at the time, her, her father. All of them would, you know, pick her up, take her everywhere. And, like, they didn't want her going anywhere without them picking her up and taking her everywhere. Well, now they're not available to do that. And she's struggling and she does not know how to get around on the muni in San Francisco and was born and raised here. And, and, (laughs) and the point that that I'm making is, um, you know, again, they didn't do it because they, they wanted to, to do this to her. They did it because they wanted to do something for her that they never had Mm -hmm. for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to make sure That if we want our children to be successful, um, it's important to allow them to fail, as you said, to challenge them, to expose them to every opportunity. But it's not about, it can't be about what we want them to do. Yes. It can't be about us pushing them to be the best dancer because my child's going to be the best dancer Mm -hmm. or my child is beautiful, so I'm going to put her in all these pageants and make her into this. The question is what do you see in your child? that makes them happy Mm -hmm. and how do you nurture that so that they can be the very best at what makes them happy Mm
0: -hmm. how do you make sure they have
1: access to opportunities how do you make sure that they're independent and resilient so that when Mm -hmm. you are no longer able to care for them they can care for themselves
0: like how do you
1: create that and Mm -hmm. i think that the blessing is that's what we got growing up as kids Mm -hmm. we had no choice but it, it was like as soon as you hit eighteen, you don't have a place to stay. So you better you better get a job. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Either you paying me, either you in school, or you not living
0: here, not for free. Or if you're
1: working for free, you're paying rent. Like it was, it was hardcore. There was no nurturing. There was no twenty classes. There was no anything. It was all about, you know. First of all, and, and I think. Also because, you know, I was raised by my grandmother. Right. So she knew she was older and she was always having those kinds of conversations with me. She wanted me to understand, right. you got to be ready. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here forever. She's like, mm-hmm. she was just saying, she was like, I'm old and I'm tired. and i are <laughs> right? about to be doing all of this. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. Right. No, so you mm-hmm. figured something out. And, 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 and guess what? I figured it out, right? Man. So- I was Seriously. pushed. I was mm-hmm. pushed. I wasn't I wasn't dragged. I wasn't mm-hmm. coddled. I was pushed. Literally. And 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 I know that she loved me with all her heart. And mm-hmm. the last thing she wanted to do was kind of force me out there on my own, but she knew it was necessary for my survival.
0: Absolutely. So it, I remember. So, so it
1: can't so it can't be about you, Karen. No. It can't be no. about you. It has to be about the child. And it has to be mm-hmm. about their success. Stop mm-hmm. spoiling them. Stop giving them everything they want. Stop feeling bad once you punish them and then give them the Please don't feel happiness. bad about
0: punishment. <laughs> get me started today. Not today. Going to yes. get me all just- amazing. Yes. Yes. Just,
1: just do your best. Call on your networks. Use every yes. opportunity to not only enhance yourself, in what you care about and what you want to do, but to support your children,
0: right? Uh,
1: it, 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 I'm not a parent. Um, I, I was I was nervous about like being a parent because of how terrible I was as a kid. Uh, and she didn't want to hurt. I, I was really nervous. I was very nervous because I knew I was like, "Hey back, hey." She'd have been aight. Hey back. Pay back. Pay back. Pay back. So we got, we got whoopings, you know, we got whoopings. And nowadays, you know, you, you get arrested for whooping your kid. And I'm like, I'm not having it. I'm going to whoop my kid, you know? We'll talk about
0: strategic discipline some other day, parents. We will talk about, we will cover strategic discipline to yeah. where you won't get arrested. Yes,
1: yeah. yes. Because nowadays, it's a whole ball ballgame, yeah. but we got whoopings.
0: <laughs> they still do in 2020. They still do.
1: Yes. Yeah, they
0: still do. You just got to be intentional. Don't beat yes. your baby, but.
1: Yes. But I, I think we yes. have incredible opportunities. These kids are exposed to right. things we never knew were right. possible and right. they can do anything they want to do. And it's so amazing. And it's such a blessing. And I would just say, take advantage of every moment, every opportunity, do the best mm-hmm. you can. And just know that, you know, you. You are doing everything to instill the right values in your child, right. uh, and you know if they bump their heads or mess up here and there, there's nothing wrong with that. It, no, we, all we all that. have,
0: we and, all have.
1: Just just do the best you can.
0: Right, I agree completely. And you know, on that note, as far as it pertains to the arts, as far as it pertains to the sciences, expose them. Don't count those things out, but also take it as a chance. For you to teach them that these opportunities are not always available. Yeah. Take advantage of every opportunity. Teach humility in that. So even if you do have more, you know, more resources that you can provide, even in that, making sure that you're teaching humility and making sure that you're teaching them that this may not be the norm for everybody so they can have empathy for others and have that understanding And I think that as long as we continue to sow into our children and have these talks with our children and team up with people like Mayor Cousin London Breed, who was in this position, who could provide these resources to people who may not necessarily have had the access to that the more that we talk about these things and and take advantage of these things the more i think that as a community no matter what race no matter social economic background no matter what like we can all find that that common ground to where we're relating together and so that was the point of this is you know making sure that as parents as world changers you guys are taking advantage of these opportunities but you're still making it teachable and you're still making it relatable And that you still have a role in all of that. And even if you can't physically go to a place right now, there's still ways that you can provide that kind of love and support and that nurturing. And again, um, going back to what Cousin London said, maybe not necessarily trying to make them be the best at it, but just giving them that outlet to teach discipline, to teach them starting something and finishing something, just to establish those skills that carries over into everyday life. So y'all, I'm excited about this topic. I'm excited about this conversation. I'm excited that you were here. I don't ever get to see her anymore. This woman is busy. She's busier than me and that's saying a lot. So ma'am, it was an honor and a pleasure. And for you listeners, if you have any questions, feel free to send an email to questions at i or you can Send me um, a message on my Facebook page, Sharina Williams, CCC SLP. Or you can find me on Instagram at Sharina Williams SLP. Or I've got this kid underscore underscore podcast. Until the next time, y'all take care.
1: I got to jump on another call.
0: Okay. But uh, thank you. That was fun. It was a blast. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. Love you too. Bye. Bye.